Hello and welcome to another Healthy Bite. My name is Dr. Ron Early. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Now, this week I had the pleasure of speaking with Daniel Baden, and Daniel is, I think, somewhat of a legend in complementary holistic healthcare in Australia. Daniel is a naturopath and a homeopath. He's been involved in the manufacturing of supplements uh, for over 30 years. Um, His company, which he recently sold, Biomedico, is a really high-quality supplement company which many health practitioners use. And the word supplement, of course, is self-explanatory. It is a supplement to what we should be eating. And if we were eating foods that were being grown in soils which were healthy and which would deliver the 40 or 50 elements of the periodic table uh, that we require to be healthy, meaning selenium, magnesium, zinc, boron, chromion, chromium, you know, calcium, uh, you know, we, we need a whole range of the elements. And if we grow our food in healthy soils, then the plants that we eat or the animals that we eat that have eaten those plants will deliver us a nutrient-dense diet. Sadly, in Australia, we have very depleted soils, not just because we live on an ancient, uh, on ancient land, but because of the farming practices of the last 200 years, which have utilised fertilisers, uh, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and, uh, you know, the, the use of, for, for example, fertiliser like superphosphate, which delivers nitrogen, phosphorus and phosphate uh, to a plant, will certainly grow a plant that looks pretty good, but it doesn't necessarily contain all of the elements that we need to be healthy. And that's what a nutrient-dense diet is all about. And when things are depleted, um, then supplements are important. So Daniel's been involved in in that area, and it was great to talk with him and get his perspective on holistic, on what naturopathy is, on what homeopathy is, on on what a holistic approach to healthcare is. We spoke about a whole range of issues and it was a great conversation. Uh, actually, we did have some technical issues in our first recording, and I often ask uh, my guests uh, at the end, and I think it's a really interesting question to ask them, particularly off the cuff, unprepared, and ask them what is the greatest, you know, because we're all on a health journey together in this modern world, and whatever your profession is, and as a health practitioner, we're still on that health journey. So. I ask, often ask my guests to take a step back as an individual and tell me what they think the biggest challenge is for that individual on, our, on that journey. And um, I'm going to play you the recording um, that was that first, uh, Daniel's first response to that, because I thought it was a terrific response and a really important one. And as you will hear, um, it, it's something that I, I totally agree with uh, because it's what this podcast is all about. Isn't that terrific? I mean, I just, I, I think that was such an important message and, and we can't hear it often enough. You know, be proactive. And it also got me thinking about what I think the greatest health challenge is. And I'm going to sneak that into this healthy bite because obviously when I ask people those questions and 
Honestly, we are currently writing a book on those responses, taking the best of. Now, I've done over 300 episodes in uh, on the Unstress uh, podcast, and some of the responses have been quite extraordinary and have certainly warranted uh, a book. And so uh, there is a book coming of that. And I thought, gee, what, what, if I was asked that question, what would my response be? And, and I've come at this point... And, you know, this has come off the cuff, so I haven't given this a lot of thought. No, that's not quite true. Um, but I, I think the two things that come to my mind as the biggest challenge for us on that health journey is two things. One, connection, and two, corporate capture. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Daniel, uh, in this week's episode, dealt with connection, but I've been fascinated by a connection and uh, what lessons we have to learn from our First Nations, Indigenous, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. And I'm really wanting to explore this about lessons from the past, and that is connection. We have always been connected with the planet. We've been inseparable from it. And so our connection to our food, our connection to our environment, our connection to animals is a really important part of our life. And that is what I mean, one aspect to what I mean by connection. But as Daniel pointed out, another aspect was connection to each other. The thing that has made us really unique as a species out of the millions of species that inhabit this world is our ability to connect with each other, to communicate, to collaborate, and to think creatively and to share that knowledge. And during this pandemic, we've been reminded of how important connection is. And yes, we can get very excited about the fact that online communication connects us to, you know, all over the world and we don't have to travel and all of that. But I think in that connection, there is an underlying, well, there's a lot that we've realised, less than this personal connection. We can't read body language. We can't read each other's expressions as well as we can when you're in the room with someone. And so that connection is important. But when you connect online like this, you're always worried about whether the signal's going to drop out, and that creates an angst in itself. So there are so many shortcomings in this online connection, which face-to-face connection um, just is so much better. And it's interesting that the American Society, Psychology Society, has estimated the cost to our health of social isolation. And mental health has been a huge and growing problem up until the pandemic. Um, You know, something like 20 to a fifth to a quarter, so 20 to 25% of people suffer from anxiety and depression. And that number has gone up dramatically because of social isolation and the lack of connection. So connection on a personal level is also really important. Connecting with our environment, that's another thing that has been vitally important. For millions and millions, if not billions of years, the sun has played an an incredibly important part. And we have literally placed our feet on the ground and been connected with the earth. Now, that connection with our solar, with the, the energy that comes from the solar cycle, 
and affecting the circadian rhythm, affecting our whole biochemical and electromagnetic experience in life has been a huge factor in our journey through life. It's a really important part of every living being on this planet. And yet, one of the, I think, most terrible public health moves has been the demonization of sunlight and our exposing ourselves and surrounding ourselves with electromagnetic radiation and not connecting with the earth itself. So there's another connection that I think we need to be aware of. Connecting with our past, learning from our past, learning from history and building on that is another aspect. Another aspect that I mentioned is corporate capture and boy, you know, these, this idea of governments by the people and for the people, I think, has long passed. I mean, these are governments by corporations, for corporations, and the influence that corporate capture has had on policy is huge. You know, once upon a time, 20 or 30 years ago, we all owned everything. We were all shareholders in, the tel in Telstra. We were all shareholders in the Commonwealth Bank. In the, in the Westpac Bank. We were all shareholders in the water supply, the electricity supply. We were shareholders in everything. And then in 19, and the end of the 1970s, with the emergence of neoliberalism, market-driven economy and the privatization of those public utilities to make them more efficient, uh, resulted in the privatization of everything and the emergence of the shareholder shareholder supremacy trumps almost everything else. And I use that term advisedly. Yes, shareholder supremacy and corporate capture have influenced everything that goes on in our world today from healthcare, food production, environmental. Um, we now have access to credit. Okay, we're going through a, a rise in interest rates which are now up to three, four, five, or 6%. But I remember a time when interest rates were 17 or 18%. And I remember a time when it was extremely difficult to get a loan. Um, so now I carry around more money in my pocket from credit cards availability and loan facilities that give me the ability to go and buy shares in companies that I once used to own. How Amazing is that? Talk about economic rationalism. I think that's an example of economic irrationalism, but it's a system that we've all bought into. And I believe that neoliberalist let the market driven economy will prove to be the greatest environmental, social, health, and personal challenge to us all. So it got me thinking what that question that I ask. What is the greatest challenge? Well, that's why I think it's about connection on all those different levels. And it's about the biggest challenge of all, which is corporate capture and shareholder supremacy driving uh, change in our world. But this week's episode with Daniel Baden was a wonderful discussion and I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. I hope this finds you well. Until next time, this is Dr. Ron Ehrlich. 
This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health and related subjects. The content is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or as a substitute for care by a qualified medical practitioner. If you or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately qualified medical practitioner. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions.